Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Game Time Adjustments. I'm your co-host, James Harrelson. This podcast is designed to be the proverbial coach's halftime talk, complete with leadership insights, learning opportunities, and timely adjustments that will help champion you to win all throughout life. We believe that just as the sporting landscape provides teachable lessons that transcend the field of competition, so too everyday life provides teachable moments that, when properly applied, can help you improve not only as an individual, but as a leader in your family, business, and local community. This podcast is designed with everyday life in mind in a format that is fit for our audience. Our podcast guests are professionals in their respective fields. They range from coaches and teachers to business owners, politicians, pastors, writers, entertainers, athletes, shop workers, and stay-at-home parents. We believe that everyone has a story to tell and everyone has life experiences that can aptly benefit others. In this episode of Game Time Adjustments, Dick Withnell shows you how to lead with the end in mind. As a lifelong successful car dealer and entrepreneur and mentored by the legendary Lee Iacocca, he has always remained philanthropic and community-minded. His accolades are noteworthy, but his commitment to the things that really matter will personally challenge and encourage you to simply make your life count. Listen in as Withnell encourages you to influence and affect others for the greater good. Let's now join our host, Bill Pugh, as he talks with guest Dick Withnell in this episode of Game Time Adjustments. As I was looking over your, your, uh, your bio, it's um, incredible the amount of things that you've been a part of and accomplished. And if you were to kind of Pick a few um, uh, highlights, uh, start with professionally, what would be kind of a few things that would come to mind that are kind of legacy things that you uh, are most proud of? Yeah, that's interesting. There's kind of two parts to my background because I uh, I wanted to get out of the automotive business at uh, 60. And so uh, uh, thinking that 70 was being uh, pretty old and all of my parents were uh, were pass at that time so so uh and here we are uh, 18 years later so i had kind of two parts i think the the uh the, the business part uh started out with uh graduating from linfield college and got with the u.s national bank and uh then got into installment lending and uh installment lending led me to uh, being a, a finance person to automobile dealers and uh you know thinking that i was smarter than a lot of those guys why not get into that business and boy did i have a rude awakening but then i got mm-hmm. into the car business and uh i think looking back on on what uh was in a down market you know i i i uh i don't know whether it was out of fear or necessity or what have you but every time in a down market no matter product what product i sold and the majority of my time was with chrysler and with dodge particularly mm-hmm. And prime rate being 23%, uh, uh, the, everyone was kind of retracting, and uh, we just we just became aggressive. And uh, what market share there was, we got a greater percentage of a down market than we have ever gotten a percentage of the market in an up market. And so uh, that attracted very good people because they could always make a, a good income with us. So, and then after getting uh, into that business, I mean after 
that than uh, being recognized uh, and being elected chair of the National Dodge uh, Dealers Association in all of the United States. And uh, that was here, a little guy from Salem, Oregon, represented the 4,600 dealers in the United States uh, over a uh, you go through the chairs, you know, secretary, treasurer, vice chair, chair, and past chair. And, uh, and so that was, uh, that was exciting. And uh, that's about it in, in the, in the uh, career part as far as, uh, as far as. During your uh, time of moving through the uh, dealership uh, ranks, both establishing your own dealership here in town, which is a feat in and of itself, but then uh, becoming the national Dodge chair, you had a chance to interact with a bunch of incredible business uh, men and women, and one of those people was Lee Iacocca. Talk a little bit about your relationship with him and maybe a story or two that kind of reflect uh, his zeal and zest for life and business and, and his success that was uh, part of yours. Yes, Lee Iacocca was, uh, was a real coach and a real mentor to all of us, and uh, uh, he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he actually got fired from Ford. And of course, Lee Iacocca was the one who uh, established and, and invented, so to speak, the Mustang. And so he had a real success uh, over there. And then uh, he had a house with the, the family. And uh, so he, he took on the job of, uh, of uh, Chrysler when they were going down in 1978, 79. And I bought our store in 1980. Uh, he he uh, he uh, was just a no nonsense guy and uh, demanded a lot from his uh, executives. Uh, Robert S. Miller was uh, an Oregonian, became his CFO, uh, just a, a super guy, a, a, a real numbers guy, but yet could communicate with lay people like myself. And uh, and then uh, and Bob Lutz was another uh, Ford guy he brought over too. And Lutz was an ex-Marine, flew his own helicopter and all of that. These, these people just came into a room where we were looking for leadership. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not to be corny, but, you know, just like, you know, we're going to take the hill and this is how we go about it. And then they came out with a caravan. And uh, mm-hmm. that was in 82. And that was a, just a real success. Matter of fact, it's, it's, it's the longest produced nameplate ever in the history of automotive uh, 82 through today and so uh that was exciting but he, he just he just uh you know we've all had our different coaches the the, t- the teacher that we really admire maybe we didn't like him perfectly at the time but as we look back man were they ever right on and pushed me to my you know push ourselves to the to the best outcomes that we that was in our ability and iacocca was that too one thing i saw about iacocca too is is that uh his wife uh, she died uh, after about 30 years of marriage of uh, cancer, I believe. And uh, but he was he uh, uh, she she was a big support of his. You never no one knows her name, but she was a big support of his too. And I found that you know, successful men that uh, particularly men and women too, of course. But the spouse has a great deal to do with uh, one success. Firing just to be around people like that, isn't it? That. Um you know, have that uh, level of perseverance and um, like our high performing people. And so that's really cool that you had that um, up close and personal interaction with, with Lee Iacocca during that certainly formative time 
for the U.S. economy, certainly with respect to the automotive industry. So let's kind of transition, and this is a kind of a good segue with what you were just talking about, Lee Iacocca's wife. Talk about your wife, Gail, and, and, and your two kids, David and, and Gina, and uh, kind of the significance of your family and the role that they play and who you are today as a, as a man, a husband, a father. Gail and I were uh, in our senior year in high school. We were in a play together, and we we met then. It was our town, and uh, we were George and Emily, and uh, and got to know each other. And then uh, went to college. She went to Lewis and Clark. I went to Linfield, and and uh, we got married our junior year. And uh, she's been very supportive on my uh, you know business and what. She's a educator. She taught school until the kids came along. But the main thing was was that she allowed me to uh, you know go out and, and uh, feel the dream of being a, you know, a business guy, an entrepreneur, own a business ourselves. And it was stressful. I mean, um, you know, we, we were, we've been married 57 years. Uh, I quit drinking and, and when I was 37 in, in November of 79, I wasn't a day-to-day alcoholic, but boy, I could, uh, you know, co- you get a bunch of car dealers together and talk about stories and stuff. And then you, mm-hmm. so, uh, and so I quit drinking then, and then uh, then and she was a real prayer warrior. She's a solid Christian lady. Um, I don't know how she ever put up with me, but then uh, uh, I uh, went to hear a uh, a, uh, a businessman who was the number one car dealer in California, uh, Bob Harrison, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Gail and I went to that, and and I didn't know this, but she had about you know 150 women praying for my salvation going on for a couple of years or so quit drinking went to this meeting the full gospel businessman meeting all these guys are up standing up and down waving their arms i thought that was pretty cool and then i heard the gospel and it just clicked with me and uh, a little caveat on that is is that uh, uh gail i told gail i accepted christ we were in separate cars and came home i said i accepted christ from bob harrison you know for uh, accepted jesus and uh, and she said to herself I need a, I need a, I need a, uh, uh, a sign, some type of sign. So the next day I met a, a, my associate pastor who was a Presbyterian church guy, real super guy. And, uh, so we went to his office and he had me pray the sinner's prayer again. And I just had that urge to, uh, write a check and, uh, it kind of took most of our savings. And so I went home and uh, told Gail what I had done and, it was, you know, a smile on her face was, you know, I was looking for a sign, Lord, but not quite that big a sign, you know. And the <laughs> caveat of that is that money, that money uh, hired uh, a gal from Spokane that became the youth director of the First Presbyterian Church, and uh, she led both of our kids to the Lord. So, how about that? Uh, you know, yeah, about- thinking about your marriage to Gail, and I've obviously had the privilege of seeing it up close and, and personal. And uh, talk about maybe one or two things that you feel have been, uh, you know, kind of the substance behind making it through all these, all these years. I'm sure there've been, you know, highs and lows, and I've I've seen highs and lows uh, for you guys, and you know, with mm-hmm. Gail's uh, recent challenges uh, uh, physically or health-wise, you know, just talk about maybe one or two things that you've uh, seen as the kind of thread of 
you know, support through all these years that have really gotten you to this point. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it, that stirs up a lot of a lot of thought because I think of successful people that uh, that I've been, had the blessing of being around, and you know, mostly men, but then their wives, and and the thread there that you're talking about is that steadfastness. I think is uh, that being a rock mm-hmm. in all situations, and and uh, you know, most of the Leaders, you know, uh, the Ken Austins of this world, or uh, Ed Richman, or you know yourself, or what have you. You know, we're we're pretty volatile people, and and going after that goal, and and you need that consistency in life, and that authenticity, and that's uh, that's uh, in my situation, that's Gail. You know, she can say, hey, wait, you know, enough enough of that. We're not going to go that route. But then, but then she uh, she. Uh, uh, has always been, uh, uh, you know, always been a cheerleader, you know, on on, on mm-hmm. crazy things that we've uh, tried to accomplish, and uh, and by the grace of God, some of the things happened, and some of them haven't. <laughs> some of them haven't. So one thing that's one thing that's interesting about us is that that, that I'm a I'm a, a tomorrow person. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, the, the I, I think about the guy that wins the, the gold medal or the female and they interview them, you know, what did you feel like when you won the gold medal? And a lot of them would say, well, it's really anticlimactic because I had already thought about it in my practice and all of that. Uh, Gail is more of a today person, you know, you know, uh, be, be thankful for today and everything and living in the moment a lot more than, than me. I mean, I'm, I'm, all, I'm already on to the next project and haven't completed this one yet, but yet still this one is related to the next one. And, it drives some people crazy, but Gail's uh, hung in there. <laughs> well, and I think you guys are a fantastic team, Dick, and it's fun to see those things play out in tandem. And you guys really do complement each other uh, extremely well. And We'll be back with today's guest right after this. We appreciate our sponsors, Brennan, Martin, Pugh, and Associates, Offering next-generation consulting services. Also, EDR Marketing, providing corporate hospitality and event marketing solutions. Their impact provides resources that bring both purpose and meaning for our listening audience. If you're interested in sponsorship opportunities, please be sure to contact us at GameTimeAdjustments.com. Now back with today's conversation. bit about um, kind of the transition with the the dealership and so this kind of wraps in uh, family and faith and business but um, talk about that decision um, that you made some years ago to transfer to pass the baton on to David to to run the company basically your baby that you you know uh, invested your uh, your sweat equity and in, in uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours, and you you pass that baton on to him. And I thought the the cool um, the cool you know fast forward was at the um, at the First Citizen uh, Legends Award that you received a couple weeks ago here in town. You know David's video talking about trying to fill your shoes and uh, the way that he's been blessed by you passing the baton to him 
but talk about that in terms of how you've um, kind of extended your legacy and passed on what you started to your son, who's, you know, doing a great job running the business, and how do you stay both engaged, but, you know, hands off in terms of letting him be, you know, the person that God's made him to be as he runs the business. And anybody that says that uh, when you found a business and you pass it on is easy is uh, is not is not being very truthful because uh, yeah. it is really hard. I mean, to give you an example of uh, David had uh, won a, a dealer's trip uh, prior to 911 before the uh, the, the uh, towers went down and, and he was over in Florence. And he was stuck there for about 15 days, so I, I didn't know how long he was going to be gone. I had been out of the business for about, uh, or he had total running the store for about, uh, oh, I don't know, six, uh, or maybe 14 months uh, a while. I took over the business and, and, uh, and, and you know, fired a couple of people and, uh, you know, did all this kind of stuff or, you know, and, and really stirred up a lot of dust. He comes back. He was pretty gracious. But, boy, I got in trouble with my wife. And matter of fact, that they 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 put a probation that I couldn't go on the store for at least six months without without permission, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but but still, you know, it it, it, it it's really tough to nurture something. It's not no different than when you see your daughter getting married. You know, you yeah. it's it, it, yeah. it's kind of antsy. What your question reminds me of uh, of uh, you know the three my grandparents always uh, my grandfather particularly. Oh, he said, you know, your when you, you know, first thing is your word. You know, your, your word means everything. And then it's your mm-hmm. reputation as you get into the, your thirties. Your reputation is based on your word. Does your word mean anything? And then after your uh, reputation is your legacy. And so, you know, your legacy is is what you leave behind for the the next generation and all of that. And I and I believe that's for real. I mean, I, I mean, I see a lot of people, you know, milking the cow, but they don't feed the cow you know and so mm-hmm. you know people people are there in their 70s 80s you know who have had great success uh it's a it's a it's a, a legacy that you can give back questions what yeah. um you know you've talked about your faith and obviously that's central to who you are and who you and and gail are as people um talk about how that's important to you and how does it play out kind of in a uh, on a daily basis for you personally yeah, I, I guess uh, you know coming up uh, in in the car business and what have you. There's a lot of big hat, no cattle. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people bragging, mm-hmm. a lot of people talking. I see it, and there, there's uh, the, uh, there's no authenticity unless you really know the person and and, and how and uh, how is their word, what's their reputation, all of that. And so in the, in today's culture, you know, um, the authenticity, the truth uh, uh, is is really missing, and so. Uh, you know, and everybody's looking for perfection, the best basketball player, the best this and everything else. And there's really only one authentic uh, person, and that's Jesus Christ. And so, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, you know, the prophecy that was delivered 700 years ago, you know, in Isaiah came true 700 years later. And, and, uh, and there's a lot of uh, uh, peripheral noise out there about the, uh, uh, what's correct, and, and uh, you know, one political party knows this much, and the other political party knows this much, and how do we handle the foster care and all that stuff? But all the teachings of Christ are the answer to all of those, and it and it's just I, I'm a you know I'm a I'm not the brightest guy on the block, but I just don't quite understand why we aren't really announcing who is the authentic one and who uh, 
who who has the truth and the perfection of Christ. I mean, you you, you go everything that he said, he did, you know. And then mm-hmm. what's impressive to this C minus used car salesman is that his tomb's empty. You know, all these other mm-hmm. guys, Buddha and and uh, and Muhammad and all these, their 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 tombs are are occupied. And the authentic one is he's he's unoccupied. So, you know, the teachings are. Uh, his teachings uh, are really the answers when all of our uh, ours fall short in our own understanding. So, um, you know, I, I, I guess, I guess, I, I, my bottom line is is that uh, you know we were relying way too much on man's answers uh, or a person's answers. You know, being politically correct here, I guess. But when I fall short, or when I fall short, or when I'm not treating my wife correctly, or when I'm not doing this or doing this, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm being a human. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still on the throne, and 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 for my personality, uh, we have some of that in leadership. You know, we talked about Lee Iacocca, and so obviously he's not mm-hmm. God, of course not. But I mean, you have that, you have that leadership. But this is this is the optimum of leadership. This is the optimum of what's right this is total mm-hmm. correctness that no one meets that glory i mean i mean i mean why would we be going around looking for the answer when he is the answer and uh, that, that authenticity to me means i mean i'm you know i don't know that's uh that's that's pretty comforting to me and uh and uh win or lose today you know, God's still on the throne, and I take comfort in that. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. Last question: um, Are there anything that 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 you do on a daily basis, like working out, or you know, just rituals that you go through that would be of encouragement to our listening audience, both to keep your faith vibrant, and then even broader than just keeping your faith vibrant, which is certainly core and central. But is there anything else that you do just to stay sharp? And uh, a word of encouragement that you'd pass on to our audience. Yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, uh, living our health, <clears throat> living the, the best we can. We don't know if we're going to get cancer. We don't know what we're going to happen. But the, the, the uh, I exercise every day. <clears throat> I'm, you know, fortunate to have a have a, all the apparatuses here at home. Get on my workout every day, about forty five to fifty five minutes. Uh, I don't run anymore. I to, uh, walking on a on a, a, a you know a, a machine, but it goes up and down in degrees. So I get plenty I get plenty of exercise there. And eating, I stumbled into uh, my cholesterol always has been around 200 uh, for about uh, up to about six years ago, and, and stumbled into the uh, Dean Ornish diet, who is a cardiologist out of San Francisco, and. And uh, by changing my eating habits, more like the Mediterranean Mediterranean diet uh, is patterned after the people what they eat in in uh, in uh, Asian countries. <clears throat> uh, and uh, I dropped my cholesterol about 40 points uh, in naturally in about uh, oh it was about seven weeks. It was it was it was amazing. So I I do that and. Uh, and uh my my uh, uh biblical reading the my fallback to is is proverbs i i'm so impressed with uh, if that's the right word or not but king solomon you know he he's a pretty successful dude and uh, and when the lord asked him well, what would you want and he says give me wisdom <clears throat> and mm-hmm. uh and and 
and so the Lord says, you know, since you ask for wisdom, I'll give you wealth. And so the Proverbs to me, you got 31, you got 31 chapters and uh, that covers quite a bit of, uh, of day-to-day operation, especially for, uh, well, for anybody, but for people in America, I think that's really, and for mm-hmm. business people, it's, it's real good. One. So to do that and uh, best, the best book though is Who Moved My Cheese? Because I have, I have a real trouble with that. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. I like my things all set out and everything, but I don't like, I don't, the, the book, Who Moved My Cheese is good, but then there's, there's a children's book about that. And I already carry four or five of them in the car and I always love to give them to some bureaucrats, you know, and say, look at this, you know, it's only about 10 pages long. It's got big pictures, right. you know, get, it's really good. So I, I like, I like that. And thanks for taking time out of your, your busy schedule just to give us a little insight into to who you are and the incredible things that God has and is doing in and through you and Gail's life. It's uh it's pretty amazing and I know this uh this broadcast will encourage a lot of people. So thanks for taking the time. Thank you again for listening. If you missed the podcast, don't worry. We have show notes, links and resources available at gametimeadjustments.com. Until next time, remember that no matter the challenges you face in life, with the proper timely adjustment, you can not only redefine success, but you can ultimately win all throughout life. Our host for this podcast is Bill Pugh. Our producer is Matt Dunn. Our associate producer is Ashley Russell. And I'm your co-host, James Harrelson. On behalf of all of us here at Game Time Adjustments, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with you again very soon.